0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Omnitalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we are coming to you again live from Etel West in Palm Springs. The river is flowing. We're outside. It's beautiful. Happy to be out of Minneapolis. But of course, we also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Sezzle. Sezzle is the number one shopper-rated buy-now, pay-later option for e-commerce stores. Sezzle increases sales and order values by letting shoppers get the things they want now but pay for them in four interest-free installments over the course of 6 weeks. Try Sezzle for free for 30 days. Visit getsezzlecom etail That's getsezzlecom etail Or if you're at the show, you can also visit Sezzle at booth W30. And of course, Stylytics. Stylytics is a scalable outfitting solution used by the biggest and best retailers in fashion. Stylytics delivers personalized and on-brand outfitting content, which increases the customer's basket size and creates a more compelling shopping experience. You can find Stylytics here at Etail West in booth 711. And you can also, of course, visit them at Stylytics.com. That's S-T-Y-L-I-T-I-C-S.com. This is another good show we've got on the
1: docket today, Anne. You excited about this one? Uh, yeah. If you guys have been in the news so much, I just can't believe it. And so it's really exciting to have the opportunity to get to talk to you ourselves, and for our listeners to get to hear about you too.
0: And so I'm excited to introduce two members from Dynamic Yield: Chris Ferroli, the VP of Sales, and Oded Leba, the VP of Customer Success. How are you guys doing today?
2: Good. Good. good very good. Yeah, thanks yes. for having us.
0: Absolutely. Now, you guys mentioned this on the way in, but just for audience, now, where are you all coming from today?
3: So, I arrived from uh, Jersey. Uh, uh,
2: yeah. And I'm in from Oakland, California.
0: Awesome. How's the show? Is it first time here at ETL? Have you guys been to an ETL show before? This is probably my
1: fifth
2: show i, I feel Fifth like time I, you're a yeah, veteran I've been here uh, quite you should, a bit you should
1: get a jacket for that or something like a
3: yeah like, yeah, like a pressed. master's jacket yeah, yeah exactly. i
1: feel like there's some sort of thing do you should talk to the organizers about that probably
0: what about you odette have you been here before
3: yeah, i've been here i've been uh, i was with flick five years ago so i think that i've been once or so twice before that yes okay
0: well, let's start there chris like why don't, why don't we start a little bit of background about yourself who are you, and uh, you know how do we find you here today, talking to us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been with Dynamic Yield for about two and a half years. So I'm currently leading sales uh, for the U.S. So uh, spend a lot of time traveling on site with prospective customers and existing customers, and and doing the shuttle back and forth from the Bay Area to New York, where we're uh, where we're headquartered. Uh, prior to Dynamic Yield, I spent a couple of years in the email personalization space uh, from the technology side uh, with a company that was later acquired by uh, PayPal. Prior to that, I uh, spent time in the, uh, in the agency world, so doing uh, different uh, builds from e-commerce platforms mm-hmm. to ongoing marketing programs, did a lot of work with uh, uh, Magento and HubSpot and a sure. lot of the e-commerce
3: platforms.
0: Cool. And Odette, what about your background? And, and specifically, too, what is customer success? What does that mean?
3: So I'm in the customer success uh, for the last 15 years, I think, maybe a little bit more. Even before it was known as a customer success domain, it was more of our professional services and and customer services. Um, I'm in this space of uh, e-commerce and technology uh, for the last 10 years. I worked with ClickTel for five years, and then I joined FeedVisor, so all of them startups, Israeli startups. And I joined Dynamic Yield uh, a little bit more than two years ago. And customer success is all about uh, making the customer realize value from our from our platform, and uh, making sure that they are that they are utilizing and uh, generating uh, the value that they are looking for according to their. Uh, targets and KPIs, and each customer, it's a a different story, and my team are responsible for that from the time they signed the contract and for the whole life cycle.
0: So there's a reason you two are here together today. You must work pretty (laughs) closely together then. It's uh, a love-hate thing we have. Yeah,
2: (laughs) mostly love, though. But yes, uh, Odette and I work very closely together. He keeps me in check. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit.
0: Let's start. Tell us a little bit about the company Dynamic Yield. It has been in the media a lot, but there's probably a lot of people that aren't as familiar with it. So talk to us if you can. Give us a little background on the history, how long it's been
2: around, uh, what it does. You may start? So, uh, so the company started in, in 2011 and, and, and the idea was, uh, our CEO looked at the marketing technology space, especially as it related to personalization and, and realized that it was a very fragmented space. Essentially, he looked at, uh, multiple teams within a, a retailer, for instance, were having to operate multiple technologies, uh, to achieve this customer centric, scalable personalization. Uh, what he ended up seeing was that with all of these different technologies in place, the tools were not talking to each other. Hmm. There was no feedback loop from a customer data perspective. And ultimately, the, the teams just from a, uh, you know, a program and process were working in silos. And so even if you profess that the customer is what matters most, just the way that people, process, and technology were designed left the customer with the, not you know, not great, uh, experience. And so he, he wanted to create a tool that essentially centralized all of that program and process and technology under one hood that, uh, various teams could utilize and and achieve this concept of scalable personalization. And so that was how the kind of idea of dynamic yield came about.
0: I think that makes sense, especially having worked in retail. We've seen those silos for absolutely, sure. Yes. Uh, what's a salient example uh, that helps demystify what you just said too? Like what's a what's a useful anecdote that maybe the listeners can hear around how exactly that all works and comes together?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think for, from my perspective, I think you have uh, email is a big channel. Okay. And you have web is a big channel. And so even if you just think about the coordination between those two, oftentimes when you receive a, an email from a, from a retailer a lot of times uh, the content in that email will not resonate with what ultimately happens when you, you know click through to that email mm. to what happens on site. And so the goal of Dynamic Yield is to create that coordinated experience mm. between the, you know, the content that you're seeing you know within email and how, what does that tell us about you when you land on that site and how can we create these experiences that kind of travel with you through your journey and, and continue to to learn about who you are as a customer.
3: Yeah.
0: And is that where things essentially started? Is that a pretty typical example of how things got off the ground? Or where did you get the roots in terms of putting this idea into practice?
2: So we actually started in, a, uh, I think, a less conventional s- sense. Oh, okay. we, we started primarily in the media space within, uh, actually, the ad world. Okay. Uh, and so I think that we, we quickly saw the opportunity to show ROI for mm. retailers through the web. And, and that quickly evolved the the technology and, and who we targeted for, you know, for our customers.
0: It's always a common theme. We start one place and then we say, oh, wait, there's something here as we're doing this. Like, let's go branch out into that.
2: Yeah,
1: I think it totally makes sense. It reminded me of how we were starting to think about things and um the store of the future at Target and just how the customer engagement is, is going to be completely different and it's tying all those pieces together so that you're not getting the same thing served to you up seventeen times or total opposite things. Like it, it should make sense that one company is talking to you and suggesting things in the right consistent way.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not just digital, right, Odette? Like it's not just it's not just coordinating that data across digital. It's also some ways, is it also the digitization of the physical space too for retailers, making sure that the data they're collecting in those locations can also be correlated and triangulated with everything that's coming at it, whether it be through email or anything else?
3: Yeah, so if you look on the platform, there is an input to it. So we are looking on the behavior of different visitors. So the visitors can come on the website, they can come from the emails, they can come from stores, Mm -hmm. and we can upload information, what we call it, the, the offline information that we can take information from the stores and upload to the system and then we aggregate everything. Mm-hmm. So what we want to see is the behavior of the different users are doing and to, to look at it as a, as a, in a one picture and then you can fit the personalized experience that you want to have on different channels, you can fit it based on those kind of Mm -hmm. data points that you are collecting. And what's an example of that you can share? Because I think when
0: people start hearing data, you know, they always kind of go, whoa, you know, But, but at the end of the day, like if you're using data and you're thinking about it in this way, you can actually make everyone's customer experiences a lot better. So what's an example that you
3: have taking that and putting that into practice that you
0: can share with us where that's resolutely clear?
3: So you can look on visitors, and you can look on the behavior that they are looking for. So they can look for different size of uh, of of things that they are having on the website. They can they can look on different price tags. So you know that visitors are there are there are customers that are looking to 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 buy things that are more expensive, and for them you can actually offer them things that are in their price point, or you can see on the opposite side. And once you understand that, you can actually put them in different groups, and you can personalize their experience according to what they are looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. You can
3: see different affinities. So there are people that likes to for white shirts, and there are people that likes uh, the blue ones. And then you can see also what fits for those things, mm-hmm. and you can see what people usually buy together with mm-hmm. with those kind of things that they are looking. Mm-hmm. And once you have that as a as a data points, you can actually. Uh, be smart about it and, and provide different personalized experience.
2: One of the examples I've actually come across a lot more recently uh, that a lot of the brick and mortar retailers are talking about is the um, buy online and pick up in store. Okay, Perfect. Uh, And so making that connection between what a, you know, the user actually wants to pick it up in store, but wants to do the browsing and shopping online. And so making that connection between the digital channel and the offline channel is very powerful. And then if you can extend that a step further, let's say the customer does show up and ends up you know, maybe not liking that product or wants to see some other products, that store associate then has a very rich user profile and data available where they can then make additional recommendations for, uh, hey, this suit jacket would go really nice with this shirt. And so it, I think it empowers uh, a number of pieces of that that customer journey from digital to offline
0: and a number of different silos involved in just that process you just yeah, mentioned a, i mean there's probably like 5 or 6 that come to my top of
1: my mind right now so in theory too you would the retailer would then have more information about what the customer is ordering to store in the, these scenarios and then potential, and then what they're buying outside when they're in that trip that same trip to come to the store to pick up so you could be suggesting then other things that they might add to the pickup the store pickup for future
2: use cases so not only uh, not only within that order online but even taking it a step further if you think about if that associate has some sort of clienteling app or has an iPad in front of them and they see that order that that customer is coming to pick up there's an opportunity there for additional you know maybe it's recommendations to sure. say hey listen you've come in to buy this suit jacket here's some other things that cross category we also offer in store that would go really well with that hey we also happen to have a special should you buy that with this jacket so i think there's also a lot of not only kind of the upsell opportunity but it 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 kind of brings that personal touch towards you have that personal shopper and it's it's the utilization of that data that allows that store associate to be more knowledgeable about your tastes Mm -hmm.
0: i think that's a good segue too because even though there's the silos and all the data there i imagine correct me if i'm wrong and then i want to get to some of the conversation around mcdonald's too but there's a lot of environmental factors as well, right, that you can use from a data perspective to help create what you're talking about as well, right? Whether it's time of day or the weather or whatnot. That all factors in too, right?
2: Absolutely. So uh, so out of the box, a lot of the experiences that, that will power are based upon geolocation and weather and, and time of day. And, and it's it's very flexible and can be curated by the, the marketer or the digital person who's running the production of these experiences and then tested. To see if that does work better, does, does sending a, you know, this promotion early in the day work better than, than later in the day? And, and what are the different, you know, business factors that would make that a relevant use case to deliver?
0: Based on all the data that's out there, not just the from that retailer necessarily, yeah. specifically. Well, let's do that. Let's talk McDonald's a little bit. For the audience, tell us, what's the history there? Like, how does, so McDonald's acquisition, when was that? How did that all go down?
2: So that was about a year ago, exactly, uh and so uh you know mcdonald's is looking to provide a a better customer experience for their their customers that are in the drive-through the the customer is first with mcdonald's and everything that we've seen they 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 live by what they say it's been a very uh it's been a very exciting process so far just to be involved with a, a company that really believes that uh and essentially they were looking to provide Better, more relevant experiences in their in their drive through menus, the digital menu boards, and so uh, that today is where we're uh, we're we're helping them domestically in the U.S. is is helping provide those those relevant experiences in the in the digital menu boards. It's pretty cool.
0: No, that's super cool. I think that's why we're excited to talk to you guys too, because I think that's that as as ethereal as everything we just said sounds from like a data perspective. Now we can put it into this microcosm of the McDonald's experience, which almost almost everyone knows. Um, so if you guys don't mind, I think it'd be great to kind of say, okay, based on everything you just said, what are the types of things that you can talk about and that you are looking about, looking at, excuse me, in terms of improving exactly what that customer experience is that shows up, whether it's in the drive-thru, whether it's in the store, you know, whatever you can share, I think would make it pretty concrete for the listeners and, and pretty enjoyable too.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that looking at, uh, for instance, we're in, we're in Palm Springs today, right? Yeah. So, uh, the difference between here and New York is going to be a starkly different <laughs> sure. in, in, from a weather standpoint. So, uh, if we can offer some, you know, better, warmer weather products that, you know, might be refreshing here today, whereas in, in New York, maybe something that's like a hot coffee or something a little more comforting there. I think those are the types of things that our technology empowers the marketer to think about how they blend customer behavioral data with some of that contextual data. So, you know, time of day, if I'm, you know, driving my kids to their soccer practice and getting happy meals and maybe we recognize that, you know, 4 p.m. there's a big rush for that. Maybe I need something for myself too. So how Mm -hmm. can they surprise and delight me with a, uh, with a, with a product like, Mm -hmm. you know, recommending a coffee because I may Mm -hmm. need it at that point. Mm -hmm. So, Looking at all of those different factors for how can we treat our customer better? How can we surprise? How can we delight them? Mm-hmm. Uh, are a lot of things that we look yeah, at.
0: Yeah, uh, the way I like to think about it too is just doing something special for them on the form factors they have based on what, you, what data like, you know about them, right? Like so similar. I mean, it's been happening in e-commerce forever in terms of what shows up on your browser, based on what we're talking about. Same when you're going through the drive through, right? Like, you know, maybe you deserve a coffee today. I don't know what it is. Yep, but exactly. That's, What's 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 on the horizon in 2020? What are you guys excited about and are talking about here at the show?
2: So uh, for Dynamic Yield as a platform, one of the most exciting things for us is that uh, the commitment to continuing to invest in that platform. And so the, a few of the areas that we're we're really getting uh, and pushing the envelope in is uh, looking at additional deep learning uh, for our our recommendations and, and algorithms that are within the platform. Uh, we're also looking at uh, product listing page personalization, so that would should be released soon. And essentially, what that is is you go to a category page and you have four thousand products within your men's shirt category. Imagine that category listing page personalized exactly to you. It's a very, very powerful use case. And God, I love that. Yeah, and, I'll and tell you what, I'll, yeah, keep going. I well, love that. And there, I think the reason why a lot of companies haven't done it today is from an implementation standpoint. It's a little bit bigger of a lift because speed is incredibly and performance is incredibly important, and uh, having to re rank and reorder that number of products places a, a good load. So uh, we're excited to be you know uh, developing that, and then CDP, uh, developing out our, our CDP capabilities uh, further uh, is, is certainly a, a popular and hot topic in the market. And so we're uh, kind of catching that wave and doing the investing there as well.
0: I want to get on my soapbox on that for a minute too because what you just said is (laughs) so awesome because having been an executive in e-commerce and every retailer does this because I read about in the newspaper, there's this battle that gets fought internally about how large our assortment should be. And my point has, has, and will always be, it should be as large as it humanly possibly can be because technology can make it look different for every customer. You don't need to make one-size-fits-all decisions in terms of how much product you want to carry. Technology can serve up two items, 10 items, 20 items, 100 items. It doesn't matter. That's where things are going. That's how you need to think. That's what digital commerce is about. You don't have to make these arbitrary decisions that you're used to making because you can only fit so many products inside of four walls on a shelf. So I love that.
2: Are yeah. you a former merchandiser? I Spoken, am. Spoken like I a am. true I merchandiser. Am. Am. More product On that soapbox
0: <laughs> every day. So, And I, I had a lot of knockdown, drag out fights about that exact topic. And so it just shows you. I'm excited because it just shows you that that's where the world is going. And that's how you have to think to be successful. It makes a ton of sense.
2: Yeah. We're excited about sense. it.
0: All right, and Well, let's get them out of here on this. Are you guys ready for the game? Are you ready for How Millennial Are You? Bring it on. All right.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: All right, in the last week, you guys, um, imagine you are at the grocery store. You are about to check out, how are you paying for your groceries? Cash, credit card, mobile wallet, what is it?
3: Mobile wallet. What kind? I'm with the mobile wallet. Uh,
1: With like Apple Pay? Apple Pay. Okay. Yes.
2: All right, I love it. Yeah, I use my Apple Watch where I can.
1: Do you re- Oh, the
0: Apple
2: Apple he Watch. The Apple. Oh, Apple
3: watch. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. We've only had a few so watch drops. just cuz I think it's cool. Yeah. Do you use yours too? No, I'm using my phone. Yeah. I have my Apple card and this is what I'm All right, doing.
1: Noted. He know that. Here's the Apple card though, too. yeah, I mean, yeah that's he, we got, maybe more You got to drop that, <laughs> <laughs> that, too. That's millennial. a big deal. I get discounts on Nike? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, next question. Um, in the last week, how many times have you ordered food or drinks from an app?
3: I ordered Postmates twice this week. From an app? Wow. Um, so I think that almost every time that I'm in, I'm in the office, I will use the app in order to order food and pick it up. So Such every day? A, it's not every day, but about three times a week I will order with, with an app, Yes.
1: You guys are incredible. You,
0: you might have already won <laughs> is the Is Postmates pretty well entrenched in the Bay Area? Is that is that kind of the go-to one in the Bay Area? Well, so
2: I know in New York they'll use Seamless all the time. Okay. They don't do. St- I don't see Seamless as much in the Bay Area, and for whatever yeah, we don't reason, don't even have that. I don't think Postmates. Do no. Not yet. Yeah, Postmates and Uber Eats. Okay. Uber, Uber of, Eats. Okay. Whoever's given a discount that day, I'll go with. <laughs>
0: always, exactly, that's the problem, right? Right, exactly, yeah. It's interesting to watch that space for that exact reason.
1: Yeah, there was that data that came out that was like, if you use DoorDash, you also probably use Uber Eats and these other Yeah, did you guys see that where it's like,
0: if you use one, there's like a 25% chance you're using everything else. Like, everything else
2: is like 25%, 25%, 25%. Like,
0: you're just switching. Everyone's just switching constantly.
2: Well, and they'll they'll give all the push notifications with the free delivery and discounts. So Yeah, it's it's just dog-eat-dog.
1: All right, last question. If you were only to use one social app, what would it be and why?
2: I'm a big Instagram guy.
1: Okay. What about you? Ode?
2: Facebook. Facebook. Yes.
3: <laughs> why? So why
1: Facebook?
3: No, no. Instagram is something that I, although I'm doing a lot of photography and this is something that I really like and... Uh, but uh, Facebook it's something that I find a little bit more convenient, a little bit more bolder just uh, doing photography with Instagram. So Okay. Yes.
2: What about you? Why why Instagram? Why Instagram? Yeah. Uh I just I, I think I like I like the pictures, uh and then the lack of comments. It's like the a li- good just <laughs> you can just scroll through picture, pictures and not have to you, you <laughs> don't deal don't with have responding to, to, to people. That, sure. <laughs> It's the antisocial millennial yes. in me.
1: I love it. I love it. Thanks for playing, you guys. I think, I think they qualify. I think mo- yeah, they're definitely millennial. I think, <laughs> millennial.
0: I think they did pretty well. I, mean, yeah, I think they I'd answered say. all those Is questions pretty strongly. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Of
1: course. Of course. <laughs>
0: It's a competition for you back at the office. <laughs> that's what happens. People play this back at the office. And they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know. Facebook was probably the weakest answer. Quite honestly, but, you know, I'm telling you, the, 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 the Apple Card and Apple Watch payment came We it to our interview process. Yeah, that, <laughs>
3: that picked it up
0: for sure. All right. Well, hey, you guys. Thanks so much. Good luck for the rest of the show. Thank if you. People, we're going to release this as soon as possible. So if people are at the show and they want to get in touch with you, what's the
2: best way for them to do that? So we are at booth 501. And then you can reach out to me via email. It's chris at dynamicyield.com
3: or LinkedIn. And for me, the same. My email is simple oded at com and LinkedIn as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, awesome. So again, it's Oded Leba and Chris Ferroli of Dynamic Yield. Thanks so much for spending time with us yeah, today. Thanks. Good this luck with fun. the rest of the show. Thank you. Uh, on behalf of all of us, be careful out there.